And welcome back to Fully Equipped. J-Wall, RB, Uncle Gene, Zero Killer. Whole crew's here. Boys, everybody's been waiting for this episode, so I won't belabor the point. This is the Robot Insight podcast for Fully Equipped. Yeah, this, is, this is the week that the rest of us get to just kick our feet up and, yep. and let I'm the excited. voice of reason rant. Yes. <laughs> He's saving his voice right now because he is going to be doing a lot of talking, but... Uncle Gene is going to be leading the charge this week with all of the insights from robotic testing. And just a reminder, for I, I got to imagine everybody listening to this podcast knows we are doing robotic testing with golf laboratories. And the the robot, Gene can talk more. I get, I'll let you speak more to kind of how we do testing. But this week, we're going to do a deep dive on just on drivers. And then based on the response, we're going to most likely do fairways and irons together. But there's just so much for drivers. I, I would just say, save this podcast. If you haven't started doing testing with the new stuff yet, um, go back and listen to this one because there's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a drinking from a fire hose as we as we offer up a lot of these robotic insights. So anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. But before we do that, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing because you got to be excited. AK's coming back this week on the, on the, on the live tour. Are, are, am I the only one who's excited here? Anybody else interested to see how he plays? No, definitely looking forward to uh, seeing him tee it up again. He was he was one that I really enjoyed watching when he was out there mixing it up. And twelve years ago, is that uh, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. I am a card carrying member of the of the AK fan club. So this is something that I've I didn't ever expect that it was going to really happen. You know that. He, People talk about him like he's a Yeti. You know, he would show up. I, I remember hearing stories. I I did a story years ago, even before I, I worked at golf, and it was uh, about a golf course in the Dallas area. And AK had a membership there, and the the head pro at the time told me that AK showed up for like two weeks. He had like just completely disappeared off the face of the earth. He shows up for two weeks straight with a coach, hitting balls, and then after they're like, "Oh man, he's making a comeback." And then after two weeks, he just disappeared again. So it just, and of course, you, you see him on the range today. He looks like one of the dudes who probably was outside the ropes who just stepped in and was like, yeah, open range. I'm just going to just grab an iron here and just start whacking some balls. He's, he's in vans and white tee. Um, it, it is interesting, though, they, they didn't show any pictures of his face. I, I guess I didn't realize that somebody on, on social media said that there was a reason for that. I can tell you the reason is a neck tattoo. And so Sick. I think maybe, yeah, well, maybe, dude, he, he looks like he came from the skate park with, with the vans and, and the whole get up. I, I can't imagine that they're going to let him play in that come the first round. But uh, anyway, RB, you got to be excited too, man. I don't think Uncle Gene cares. I, I have what are you talking about? The dude's got belt buckles. He's pimpy. Are you out of your mind? He's right in my wheelhouse. What are you talking about? Uh, you pimpy. try to grandpa me? No, man. I was an old AK, AK guy. Pimpy. Uh, AK's pimpy, and he brought it way back in the day. I didn't know he had swaggy. He's totally swag. I didn't know he had ink running up his neck. That makes it even more interesting. But uh, at least he didn't no, go I mean, Mike Tyson face tattoo. Well, at least hey, not that, that we know of. Maybe. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're you, right. You, you, you know, at the end of the day, he has color, but 
but you got to temper everything. Still got to shoot a low score. You don't shoot a low score, nobody cares. Everybody cares if you nobody. shoot a low score. If you don't, it's gonna he's gonna fade real quickly. I so, don't think anybody's gonna care week one. I think they just are gonna. Be oh, no, no, no. Week one, hundred percent. But yeah, yeah, going, but I agree you know, with you. Yep. yeah. At some point, you just you have to deliver. He's got and and for him to have relevance. He's got to play himself back into the ability or the position to be uh, eligible to play in majors. You know, I mean, Liv just is not going to move the needle in the short term. And so he's got to be able to do that. And at 38, if you're a betting man with all those years of rust, uh, I, I, you know. I, I, I'm not. I, I, I really hope he does just for the game because I think he's a great character. But as a betting man, I wouldn't take that bet. Okay, so to like, got <laughs> like a million things, and I don't want to go long because I could say a lot. But anyways, one thing would be, I'm a big AK fan. I've shared the picture before. I'll share it again. I don't have hair in this photo. It's from like 2009. <clears throat> It was the first time I ever had a media badge for a PGA Tour event um, at the RBC or at the Bell Canadian Open at the time at St. George's Golf Club. And it's me in this like really bad Nike polo with AK. And I have this white Puma belt and I love the photo. Uh, I met, I got photos with Samuel L. Jackson and, uh, you know, it's probably inappropriate for media at the time, but I didn't really give a crap. I was like, can I get a photo? So AK and Samuel L. Jackson the same week. It was a big week for Mr. Brath. Let me tell you, that young guy was pretty pumped to go home and share those photos that he had to get developed at like some crappy, um, like whatever digital camera he had. But anyways, number two, I am excited for it. I'm very curious, like a lot of people, um, curious in like in a weird way about like what clubs he's playing, which I'm sure we'll find we'll be able to spot on like Getty images at some point. Looks but like maybe a paradigm driver. Just just the, the question I have there. before we get into the robot stuff is because of Gene we're talking about finishes. If you had because I know so what 13 teams times um four well, just, team just members say like over over plus under some wild like, cards. Finish, over under 40th place. Let's just say that. Does he I was gonna say 35. Thirty-five. I was. I was gonna say. Okay, over under thirty-five. Well, no, like, like I would set the over under at like thirty-five and a half. And to be mm-hmm. honest, I'm taking the like the better finish than thirty-five and a half because you got to remember wow. we're playing in Saudi Arabia. There's a bunch like over, honestly Westwood, G Mac. These guys. Yeah, I'm going over. That's fine. I'm an optimistic man, and so I'm going to very I'm optimistic. Gonna, I think that over over a better finish than thirty. Someone call that delusional. <laughs> That's fine. And I'm the card carrying member of the AK fan club. RBs, RBs. Uh, Trust me. I want to see him succeed. I really, really do. I really do. But sure. eh. First competitive event in 12 years. No fans. No fans. No weird press conferences over in in Jeddah, King of Dual Economic City, whatever it is. Um, And (laughs) I just think that it's going to be like pretty low key for him, which is probably where they want to do it. And then he comes over to whatever my, I don't know if there's two events. I don't, again, I'm not familiar with the list schedule. As you can tell, I don't really care, <laughs> but I care about watching this or care about seeing what happens. And if it's this 
and then like comes to Miami, like honestly, if your first events in Miami or Vegas, like it's going to be insane. So like, I think this for him is like a good opportunity to like get some, get his feet wet. And uh, look, there's not a lot of things that I haven't done in 12 years in front of a lot of people that I'd be like, man, that's pretty sick. I'm going to get on my skateboard and go like drop into a half pipe somewhere. And, but overall pretty pumped for this and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, but I'm again, cautiously optimistic, but optimistic nonetheless. Yeah, I guess if he's what is he playing? He's got three weeks. Is he three weeks on with Liv? Is that what they're saying? He's got at least three so weeks. His, yeah, yeah. His his third event would be Miami. We we might actually have to, we might actually have to make a trip to live to a live event. Is it before the players? Because then I could I might be able to make that happen. But anyways, uh, no, it, it's it's actually the week of the week. It's the week before the Masters. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll figure that we'll out. We'll figure that off scene. We'll figure it out. Anyways. Yes. Yeah. But speaking, speak, actually, you just mentioned the masters and speaking of majors, I think this is really important. Actually had someone reach out the other day um, saying that we missed the, uh, we missed the weird transitions there. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take full hold of this one right now when we talk about majors. And that is for anyone out there, if you've been listening, uh, you've probably been aware of, or maybe you haven't. Nonetheless, uh, we have something at golf.com called inside golf, where you get a ton of benefits like free dozen tricks on golf balls, 20 bucks spent at Fairway Jockey, and a subscription to Golf Magazine, which also includes something very cool that I know I've shared in the past, access to all of the back issues. So we're talking back to the original issues of Golf Magazine. You can go online, you can go through the archives. It is a blast to check all of that stuff out. Um, But one of the other things that we are doing with Inside Golf is curating bucket list experiences. And... The, the most recent one that we are doing is a three-day, two-night stay at Pinehurst, two weeks before the U.S. Open. So, you know, you're going to get to experience a lot of what's going on in the town just leading up to the U.S. Obviously, the stands and all that stuff is going to be up. And this experience includes rounds on number eight and the newly opened 10. Uh, it also, you get to tour, not going to play it, but you get to tour number two, with uh with the architect with like being able to go around that golf course and really get a behind the scenes look of what's going on with that event because i mean look having been able to play it recently in the fall you know being able to stand on those greens and be like go back and then watch highlights like this is actually kind of insane and you're gonna get access to all of that with inside golf the trip also includes a, an exclusive tour of the newly opened World Golf Hall of Fame, USG Museum, as well as the USGA. For you fully equipped listeners, you're going to nerd out on this one, Club Testing Center. Hey, Gene, do they got one of their robots over there? You can tell me after I say, like, after I finish this bit, because I'm really curious, because I bet you they do. <laughs> um, but anyways, you can go to golf.com slash Pinehurst Experience to book your spot. Book now. Get $1,000 off uh, the original price. And uh, bring yourself along, bring yourself a friend. Trust me, there's a ton to do in Pinehurst. And again, go to golf.com slash Pinehurst experience. Check it all out there. You can see the whole itinerary. We have a lot of stuff going on. So hopefully we'll see you there. Hopefully you see both of us there. That'd be nice. (laughs) I can think of a few things I could do in that town that don't involve golf and and doesn't involve partying either. Don't get me wrong. There's just, there's, there's a lot of really cool things to see. Uh, down around in that area so you know fingers crossed you know i'll get the invite as well with everyone else yeah fingers crossed we'll see all right well let's get down to it 
This is a robot testing podcast. Always has been, always will be. Uncle Gene, we did robot testing the end of last year. You did it at your testing facility. We ran all the drivers through testing, but we had a little wrinkle this year that we didn't have in the previous two years, which was instead of just testing a 10 and a half degree driver for each one of the models and running a nine point test, we tested all the lofts, which I absolutely love because th this actually does something that we've been talking about, which it highlights that in some cases at 95 with the attack angle and the way that we have this test set up, sometimes different lofts actually work better for, you know, for, for some of these drivers. So let's kick things off with the, the why and the testing protocol, because I think people are going to be listening to this, wondering how exactly do we run the test? What's the robot doing? So give us, give us kind of the, the reader's digest version of what the heck we're doing with robotic testing. Sure. So first off, um, here's the way to think about it. Every, they call them skews in the industry. And so you could have like the, um, you know, let's just take, for example, the AI smoke max, it's got three skews. It's in nine, five, 10, five, and 12. What's interesting about it. And we've seen, and I've talked to designers about it. Sometimes they will tweak a lower lofted or a higher lofted, uh, model or, or a skew in the same model to get a little bit of a difference performance advantage. So um, the the reason that I bring that up is when we talk about this data, we look at like an eight degree dark speed LS differently than we look at a nine degree dark speed LS. We treat both of those as separate. And by doing so, we're able to look within the family and see how the performance characteristics are. But we're also able to compare that as an each individual club in, say, the LS category, in the overall performance category. So um, it expanded our universe pretty dramatically. But in doing so, I think we got a lot more insightful information than, um, than we have in years past. Now, to kind of back up 36,000 foot view, everything's at 95 miles an hour. Everything is at a zero attack angle and you swing on an arc, you swing down, you square up at ideally at impact or right around there. And then you swing up on the other side down is negative zero is at the bottom point And then up is positive afterwards. The reason that we test at zero it's a neutral setting and it allows us to do a complete comparative analysis of launch spin direction um, of all these products. We test at nine points. We test center, toe, heel, high center, toe, heel, low center, toe, heel, and we do six shots. So we get 54 shots per each um, skew. And in doing so, we get a totality of data. So it comes out and says, this club launched at 9.5 and spun at 2,400. But then we're also able to mine the data deeper and say, what did it do on the high toe? What did it do on the low heel? What did it do across the upper third versus the bottom third? So it gives us a lot, uh, a, lot a, a much more robust and richer database to analyze as opposed to just one or 
two, maybe three points in which we'll get an idea, but we won't get the totality. And let's face it, even tour players, but definitely amateurs, we hit it all over the face. So we're going to be able to provide you and, um, uh, Jaywall and RB are doing a great job in, you know, releasing this information, but we have this wealth of information as to the performance characteristics. And what, uh, what I'm going to recommend with, you know, what we're going to discuss here is to think about your game. If you haven't had a chance, either get fit or go on a launch monitor and find out what your tendencies are. And then you can re-listen to this and see which one of your tendencies these clubs would potentially benefit. Because that's the key is matching up your tendencies. And to be honest, a lot of players don't know their tendencies. And there, there, are, there is information out there right now that can provide that. What we're going to do is hopefully give you a buyer's guide kind of overview that allows you to go in and come in with some questions and then, you know, uh, plug for Chris, get fit, go to, go to someone who knows what they're doing, but it, everybody, you know, I, I often say in golf, you know, we don't sell golf equipment. We sell the elimination of buyer's remorse. And I know that's a mouthful, but the, but the reality is nobody wants to walk out after having purchased a $600 driver and feel like they made a bad choice. And so what we're trying to provide you with is enough information so that when you go in, you can be knowledgeable, you can ask the right questions, and you can also try products that you have heard about on this podcast or read through golf.com or golf magazine. So that's the reason we're here. That's the reason we do what we do is we want to be your buyer's guide. We want to be able to present this data. So that being said, let me jump in. And what I'm going to do first is give an overview. As I've been babbling on and on and on since the beginning of the year, this is the year of the driver, hands down. Um, almost everything we saw had superlatives in it. Uh, there's really not a bad product out there. And better yet, and the thing that I think and Chris can probably attest to this. There is product differentiation. They're not all good in the same category. They're, they're, they're good in different categories. And that really gives the buyer a lot of options. Um, you know, as far as getting a driver and fitting it to their game. So let's start with launch angle first. And this is an, these are overall trends in the industry that we saw. Um, some of the lowest launching products were the PXG, the TaylorMade, and the Cobra. All of those products had real low, real, uh, and, and this is, um, you know, generally like as I look at this list of launch angle, obviously the eights and the nines are, um, you know, prominent, but there's also some 10 fives in the, in the, uh, you know, I kind of break it off the top half and the bottom half. And then on the other side, some of the higher launching products, and we're going to get into this in a minute, were the Callaways, especially the AI Smokes. They were, um, and the uh, Cobra Dark Speeds. They were really high launching. So if you're looking for something low launching, um, 
the TaylorMades, the PXGs, and uh, the Cobra Dark Speed LS was another really low launching. If you're looking for some of the higher launching, the Callaway, especially the AI Smoke Max, the Ping G430 Max 10K um, was up there as well. As far as spin, no big surprise. Lower launching generally is lower spinning. The lowest spinning of them all, hands down, was the PXG, followed by the TaylorMade. But the Those Cobra, were especially, insane, by the way, not to not to yes. stop you because you're on a roll. But um, no, no, no. Feel that, feel free to jump in anytime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and they, um, you know, they. They're, they're looking for a market, and that market is a pure distance market, but you need to bring probably over, I'm going to say, unless you're you know in some of the real higher lofts, you need to bring over 98 miles an hour, and you really have to have a positive attack angle to be able to maximize this, because if you're below 98 or 95, you're going to probably struggle to get the ball in the air with with these clubs. But if you if you've got enough club head speed, you really um, can see some amazing distance. And I know um, RB during his testing out at Scottsdale, and what do you have RB like 106? Clubhead speed? Come on, come on, Gene. That's low. That's insulting. Oh, I, I, I'm insulting. sorry, Mister. I've been working. Working. <laughs> I've been working very hard here. Uh, All right, I, what do you go up to? I cruise around. I, right now, I, last time I hit golf balls, I cruise around 111. I can get a wow. little higher, but, get a little lower. But you were, I mean, in all fairness, in all fairness, when you went out there, you were like 106, 107, right? I don't know. I have to look at the. De- I don't know. Right. I honestly right. couldn't. Right. Arby's well, got uh, kids. He doesn't. He doesn't remember what he had for breakfast this morning. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. It's but a lot of I pancakes, know- John. It's a lot of pancakes. <laughs> well, but the, the and the reason that I bring it up is I remember you know you talking about and I remember watching your video about how you saw exceptional distance and you're you're one of those prime players. You swing up on the ball. And you've got a lot of club head speed. So well, let's not get too um, far off the rails on the PXG stuff because we're going to get. No, to no, no. I, I'm just. Yep. Yep. Understood. Understood. All right. Next category. Uh, drop off in distance. This is total drop off in distance. So once again, we're center hits and then taking the eight points around and looking at it. Um, without a doubt, TaylorMade was up there and Cobra was up there. They were exceptional. Man, I can't wait to get to the TaylorMade stuff when we, when we dive into it here in a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's some it's of their drivers. Real, one in particular was just absolutely like off the charts. Impressive. Yes. Yes. And then going to high toe, just, um, as a, as an example, all tailor-made for the first one, two, three, four, five, six, six drivers. And we'll talk about that as far as uh, exceptional upper third performance. Uh, low heel, Cobra and Callaway really were representative there um, as far as performance. Um, and then as far as toe hits were concerned, tailor-made Cobra, Callaway, and Ping were kind of the leaders in – uh, there were models there that had less than one and a half yard drop off in distance. And then on heel hits, um, kind of the same thing. 
Now, that's not a big shock because, as I said, we already looked at kind of the totality and we said, well, TaylorMade, Cobra, and Ping. So they're going to be performing as far as um, toe and heel hits are concerned. So that's kind of the overview. Now we're going to go into each specific um, OEM and what they provided. And I'm going to start with Callaway. And with Callaway this year, there are a number of things that I noticed. Um, number one, they were some of the highest launching, lowest spinning drivers. So, for example, the AI Smoke Max, it averaged approximately a degree to a degree and a half higher than almost everything else in that same loft category if you compared OEM to OEM. But its spin rates were approximately two to 400 RPM less. So it was higher launching and lower spinning in the AI Smoke Max. It was really, really exceptional from a high launch, low spin. So if you were a player that's launching low, and, and spinning too much, you definitely want to look at this club. And the um, had good forgiveness overall in, in performance. And also I can say this, versus last year's paradigm, much improved as far as forgiveness. So they figured something out in between that allowed them to increase launch, lower spin, and also create a more forgiving driver in comparison. The AI Smoke Max D, very Can we high launch. First, before we get into Max D with with yes. Triple Diamond, I would say, and you can, again, if if you don't agree, that's totally fine. But I think it was probably the most impressive. Um, particularly the you know, Triple Diamond. Wants, triple Diamond. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think <laughs> I think it, it it did a lot of things really well. But one of the the ones again, people always want to know. How do these how do these drivers perform compared to the previous product? And you know, I think for the most part, we're all cynics. Everybody thinks that there there can't be that much of an improvement from one year to the next. But like, if you look at high toe misses with with the like previous year's paradigm triple diamond, the the high toe on there was was losing, and this is in relation to to the geometric center strike. But it was the delta was eleven yards, which is not terrible, but it's not great. Um, that that number went all the way to to 4.8 with AI smoke and like like 4.8 is good like that's what you would probably see on on you know uh on a you know more of a max forgiveness driver head so i think that's we saw it on some other low spin products and we'll get to that in this pod but yeah i i do i think that this is a it's a great because everybody wants to try the low spin stuff that they see out on tour and this year you can you if you were you know, worried about paradigm and the off-center numbers with last year's product. They've made big strides with this one. Well, you, you raise a really good point, and we we saw this in the whole data set that um, uh, Max isn't necessarily for game improvement anymore, uh, meaning yep. that, you know, so for example, with these Max products, they were higher launching, lower spinning, which is kind of um, – you know, what the lower spinning products are doing. Now, what's what's interesting between Paradigm, Paradigm or the uh, uh, Smoke Max uh, Triple Diamond and the, uh, and or the Smoke Triple Diamond and the Smoke Max, 
they had similar spin characteristics. The triple diamond had a lower, um, lower launch, uh, was lower launch than the max. But what was interesting is from a forgiveness standpoint, they were very, very similar. So if you're looking, if you can get the ball in the air and you're not looking for added launch, but you want a little less spin and you want forgiving, uh, forgiving club, you can look at both the AI Smoke Max and the Triple Diamond. That's what's absolutely amazing about it. And, you know, to, to Jonathan's point, in years past, when you would uh, go to, say, a Triple Diamond or an LS, you do sacrifice off-center hit drop-off. Not the case this year with Callaway. And what I was going to say, just to kind of wrap a bow on Callaway, uh, their Max D had some of the greatest bias left. It was also highest launching, and I'd say medium spin, medium to high spin, which is generally what you will see in a um, in a draw bias product. But overall, uh, the clubs were um, very. Uh, they 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 had differentiation in their performance characteristics. But they also, what made them so interesting is they were incredibly uh, forgiving, you know, for um, for their for their overall performance. One one insight and one question. Yes, uh, the insight that I'd want to point out was um, Max D. And again, I've been going through a lot of the the more of the superlatives here recently, just kind of releasing those one by one. But if you're somebody who is uh, a heel striker, tend, tend to strike the ball towards the heel. Max D was incredible. Um, the, the carry delta on heel strikes was 6.3 and 7.6 yards on the 10 and a half, the 12 degree heads. Um, and, mm-hmm. and we're just like to kind of put that into perspective. We saw some drivers during testing that were upwards to like 25 to 30 yards of distance loss on heel strikes. So, you know, this, that, that's a really impressive number. But the other thing that I did want to point out is, is typically triple diamond heads are, are on the lower spin side of that, of that spectrum. But with, with the triple diamond gene, were you surprised that the, the spin for these was, was a little bit more towards the middle of the pack? Uh, you know, we, we, you talked about the PXG stuff, but uh, the triple diamond this year for Callaway was more in that like 25 to 2900 RPMs at 95 miles an hour. You know, and it's interesting. I've talked to designers about this kind of year in and year out, and they're always tweaking. One year they feel like they come in a little too low. Very rarely do they feel like they come in too high. But on the low spin stuff, uh, it's really interesting. They're they um, they're they're always nervous about that floor and hitting it because of the, you know, if you don't generate enough club head speed, that ball falls out of the air. So I, what was fascinating to me, like I said, was uh, how similar the spin characteristics were between the max and the triple diamond. I expected the triple diamond to be at least 200 RPM less. And in some cases, in some models, it was, uh, it was very, very similar. So, um, the engineers at Callaway have obviously looked at that and said, okay, um, we, we know where our sweet spot is as far as performance. And we know that, you know, I tell people all the time, especially with low spinning stuff, it's not your, uh, 
It's not your your best hit that you should be concerned about. It's your miss because your miss with a low spinning club can be really bad, especially if you don't get it in the air on your miss. And that's the thing to be concerned about. And they obviously are erring more towards that kind of low to mid as opposed to, to, to really low. All right. Next, we uh, have bantered about this. Cobra, for- Cobra comes next, Gene, in the alphabet. Thank you. <laughs> we have bantered about this. Thanks for stepping on my line. We've bantered about this for years, the LTDX and how There it is. There's your bingo. That's, that's your free square on the bingo card for, for, the, for the gear episode, LTDX. And we've, we've talked about how it was a unicorn driver. Um the Aerojet, unfortunately, didn't quite live up to that billing, but it was going to be hard to because it it, it performed so well. Uh, I can say without a doubt, the, um, the LTDX, especially the Max, is back. And um, the numbers are really, really close um, from a forgiveness standpoint to, to the LTDX. Uh, for the LS... The LS is really, really low spinning. And, you know, I think I kind of talked about that um, when I was doing the overall comparison. Um, it was some of the some of the lower spinning uh, products were the Cobra LS. It also um, is kind of a, a low to mid launch. So if you're looking for a low to mid launch with low spinning, you definitely want to look at the LS. If you're looking for forgiveness, you definitely want to look at the Max. The Max is exceptional. And the um, Dark Speed X is very, very uh, close. So uh, I'm just trying to look here to see. I would say with the X, you are going to get kind of a mid-range of launch, whereas with the Max, you're going to get a high launch. Um, The X had a lower spin rate than the Max, and obviously the LS had the floor. So um, overall, uh, very, um, very good performance in forgiveness. And I want to say kind of a a little bit more of a traditional launch and spin profile, whereas Callaway kind of was surprising in, you know, some of their similarities between the triple diamond and the max and really surprising in the high launch, low spin on the max. The LS is what you'd expect very low launching and very low spinning. The max is kind of what you'd expect, high launching and low to mid spin. And then the X is kind of in the middle, um, mid launch and you know mid mid to low spin. But overall, the, the, the key takeaways from Cobra more than anything else is they're back to creating a very forgiving driver. And their drivers were amazingly forgiving. Um, they also had great um, high uh, center and high heel uh, performance. There uh, across the board, they were um, really, really good. So uh, 
good product placement, uh, good coverage from a performance standpoint. Yeah. They, they, right. They've made a, they've made some, some strides that the numbers that I would point out, um, on kind of piggybacking off what you said, you know, again, everybody wonders how, how the numbers stack up to, to Aerojet as Gene mentioned, you know, Aerojet kind of regressed to the mean after LTDX and, and look, that was always going to happen. That, that driver was, was incredible. And it's still, as far as carry distance loss, all eight points in relation to center, uh, 3.4 yards. Uh, and I, I don't know if they, well, we had one that came dangerously close to actually topping it this year, but that, that just basically means that you can hit it all over the face and you're not going to see a, a massive drop off in distance, no matter where you're impacting it. Uh, spin numbers, launch and spin, uh, dark speed in relation to Aerojet were almost identical. Dark speed was at 11.4 degrees at 2970. Uh, Aerojet was 11.8 at 2977. And I, again, I think that just highlights the, the internal improvements that were made. Uh, really trying to retain ball speed this year, overall stability, and just the, the high toe numbers, uh, distance loss on, on, on these drivers. Like the, I think it was 6.4 yards, and that was overall across all offs with dark speed. It, so it, 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 as Gene mentioned, they're back. I don't want to steal his thunder, but but he is he is bang on. These drivers are are um, noticeably be- noticeably better than Aerojet, and they are getting back to being closer towards that that LTDX product. Yep. I think it's an interesting Absolutely. story. Just very quickly on like the ge- like the way geometry. This is um, I will not say which engineer from which OEM said this, but I always thought it was like one of the most fascinating things that I could that I've ever heard from someone say. And that is we love to use free technology. And when we talk about technology, anything that goes into the club is a cost. That means, you know, power bridge for Cobra or any other company that's using carbon on the top or an extra process that goes into the club face or using tungsten or something else within the head. But geometry is something that they can control that doesn't cost anything extra when it goes into the, the design process. And from Aerojet, just using Cobra as the example, Aerojet was generally a little bit shallower, uh, whereas the the new Dark Speed has gotten a little less from heel to toe and a little bit deeper. So that's where you're seeing there's more mass behind those areas, high toe and, and low. And I think that's one of the most interesting elements of this whole thing when we talk about how drivers progress from design is that the geometry of these different heads creates variables. And if you look at Callaway as like the opposite example, their geometry has stayed very similar in most cases, but their face technology has progressed. So they wouldn't necessarily call it free technology from the Callaway usage, but other companies are utilizing different methods of that. And similar to like, I know we're going to get to it, so I'll shut up. But the 10K in the in the TaylorMade, they they chose to adopt a very different geometry for that club head, which I think if you were to pick one up and look down at it, you would say that does not look like a tailor-made driver from the offset, like from the onset of like just looking down at it. But overall, that geometry as well as with the construction, you know, the, the technology that costs a lot of money to create, that's all of those things together create performance. So that's where when you look at different drivers, like why is it shaped like that versus like last year versus this year? That's your reason why. All right, moving on 
So next up, we have Mizuno. So Mizuno had two models, STG. Did we forget and ST- Cleveland? Oops, I'm sorry. My bad. All right, we had one Cleveland in the in the group. It's tough when you have one club because it, it is. It can- and I was I wasn't gonna like we could have done it at the end, but but yeah, let's 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 get. I mean, Cleveland did have something really cool with with theirs as far as the dispersion gene. Yes. Yes. As far as the dispersion was concerned, uh, with Cleveland, they were incredibly accurate. Um, and they, they had good drop off on, uh, on, uh, toe hits. Their heel hits were decent, but their toe hits were good. And they, they had a, um, a, a little bit more, uh, kind of middle of the road on launch and I would have to say slightly low on spin. So, um, overall a, uh, overall a, a, a solid performing driver. Let's just put it that way. The, the, the challenge was there was just one model. So it was tough to do kind of a, but they did have the best that they did have the tightest dispersion. And they did have the tightest dispersion, hands down. Yes, five point yes. one yards. That's really freaking impressive. Yes, uh, it, it, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. a very, very straight driver, without a doubt. Yeah, without yeah. a doubt. And I think that's and, that, so, and that's what everybody wants. You know, they want they want a driver. You know, sure, you want distance, but you want accuracy. And, yeah. You know, five five yards off center line. That's that's really freaking good. So no, yeah. it is, especially when most drivers, you know, on off center usually average, you know, 15 and 15 still is solid. So, you know, 10 to 15 is kind of the industry norm. So yes, yes, you are right. My apologies to Cleveland. No, uh, no, no, uh, disrespect there, but, um, so next up is Mizuno. And as far as Mizuno is concerned, uh, very, very solid. Um, the, um, the STG was definitely lower launch and kind of medium spin. As far as that's concerned, the max also was lower launch and kind of medium, uh, to low spin. Um, I'm just kind of looking overall performance. It did really well on performance. I mean, yes. as far as consistency goes across the entire face on, on distance loss, it was, it was in the, within the top five. Yes, without a doubt. The, um, and it was really solid on the, uh, all of the uh, Mizunos were very solid on the upper third of the club face, without a doubt. Um, the, um, the maxes uh, were, uh, just exceptional on high, um, center. I'm just looking, you know, high center for the S for the 9.5 was 0.3 yards drop off high center for the 10.5 was 1.8 in, in the, um, high center was 3.3 on the 12 degrees. So exceptional. Um, the, um, ST max had seven and a half and six, nine for the 10, five and, and 12. So, um, that's overall, that's the one, Gene. That's the driver that I would say. RB's shaking his head too. I think he would agree with me. That that Max driver is the one where it it's not. I it's I don't uh, I don't know how close it gets to to 10k, but the numbers that 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 we saw on the robot. I mean, mm-hmm. even even low heel and low toe, Gene. 
we only saw a delta of 12 yards. And again, I was talking about like, yeah. those are areas where like that's death. Low, low toe, low heel on a driver, like forget about it. That you're, you're losing some serious distance. And to only lose like less than 13 yards on those areas, and that's the worst. That's the worst of it. I mean, the the overall the overall delta here across all eight points in relation to center was six point nine yards. It's it's really good, really consistent. You can you can pretty much hit it all over the face on this one and and still get some strong numbers. Well, and the other thing to remember is it averaged eight point four yards off center. So it was really straight too, you know. Yeah, so uh, we were just, you know, kind of gushing about the Cleveland at 5.1. Three yards is not that much of a difference. So it was definitely in the in the top drivers, um, you know, as from a uh, from a straight standpoint as well, um, without a doubt. Okay, so next uh, next up is a really interesting addition, and that was the Ping G430 Max 10K. Um, what we saw with this uh, product was, I'm going to call it a mid to high launch with definitely a low spin. Um, really, really good drop off. Really solid all the way um, across the board. Also very straight and consistent. But the thing that jumped out at this and Jay Wall, you can give a PGA perspective on this because you had an interesting interview. Normally, when we uh, hit the ball on the high side, we lose so high center, we lose three to four hundred RPM of spin, and we hit the ball on the low side, we increase the spin by three to four hundred RPM. This increase and decrease was like 150, 200. It was almost half. So the the MOI vertically created spin consistency that was really interesting. Now you have bulge on a driver, so you're still launching higher, launching lower, but your spin delta was really minimized. And Jonathan, you can speak to that as far as the the tour player that you ran across that was commenting on that. Yeah, exactly. Cameron Champ was, and he's not using it. He went back to the LST driver, which I, again, I'm not really surprised about based on his speed, but he was using it last year at RSM. And, and he told me to say it pretty much, it just confirmed what we saw in the robot, which was low on the face. He wasn't seeing a lot of that increase in spin that he had in the past. And as Gene mentioned, I mean, to basically see on, especially like a low center, to basically see no spin increase is is really cool. And again, people are probably wondering if, if you're not like nerding out on gear like we are, like what does that what does that mean? It, it basically means that if you're able to maintain spin and you're not you're not seeing a jump, you know, three or four hundred RPMs, that gives you a better chance at just seeing uh, that that similar number to what you would get out of the center. And that's, that's what, again, that's what we're going for. Gene mentioned it at the top, which is it, we're not, we're not fixating as you, as you probably have noticed, how many times have we talked about ball speed so far on this podcast? I mean, I, I think, think I just mentioned it. mentioned it. I think it's the first time that I mentioned it on this pod. And the reason being it, the, for a lot of recreational golfers out there, you're looking for a driver that's going to have 
uh, I, I call it, you know, ball speed retention, miss hit protection, whatever. You know, those are just fancy names for just saying a forgiving driver. You're looking for forgiveness so that when you miss the driver, when you miss the face and you're going to miss it out of the heel and the toe, you're looking for something that's going to replicate whatever that carry number is when you just hit one dead nuts out of the center. And the closer you can get to that on your misses, the the happier you're going to be because you're not going to have to worry about the big miss or, you know, 20 or 25 yards, maybe even 30 yards of distance loss on a miss. So that's what we're going for here. That's why we're highlighting some of the things that these drivers do well. And again, that's what we've that's what we saw from the the G430 Max 10K is it's just a super stable product. Um, I, I, you know, likened it to a tank, you know, you can basically throw everything you want at it. And that thing just takes it all and says, give me more. Well, from a side note here and really quickly, um, because I think that is such an interesting point, not just about like holistically, like, you know, talking about why we do what we, what we're doing with this like procedure. But Chris, when you are talking to golfers or you're looking at golfers in the fitting environment, would you say the lower miss with higher spin is more common with the average golfer versus the higher miss low spin, which I have found tends to be the better player miss? Yeah, it's it's right? definitely that that high spin miss for sure. I mean, the majority of people out there that are struggling, I mean, with impact position on the face or dispersion downrange low on the face whether it be towards the toe or towards the heel generally starts to show up more than anything high on the face which i mean you would almost think would be opposite since the majority of players out there are more steep through impact than they are uh, creating a positive angle of attack but i mean we'll see players especially that intermediate to higher handicap player that will just wear out the low heel of a driver and like we had talked about, there's uh, there's a couple drivers out there that really excel for that miss pattern. But then there is you know, another group that if that is your miss, it's about the worst piece of equipment you could possibly put in your hands. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the key to, uh, you know, back to back to ball speed I, and Chris, you can probably, you know, uh, weigh in on this is ball speed is simply a function for the most part of being optimized from a fitting environment. In other words, it, you know, if you're spinning too much or not launching high enough, um, it doesn't matter what the ball speed is off high toe or low heel. You're just not going to hit it very far because you're not optimizing that club. And so, so much of ball speed is related to getting a club that is optimized for your specific swing so that you can maximize that energy transfer between club head and ball. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's a conversation that we have pretty regularly as far as if you take just a round number, a uh, hundred miles an hour, a club head speed should produce 150 miles an hour, a ball speed, but depending upon the dynamics and strike location, you can get some very, very different results. So going back to kind of what RB was saying, if that player is striking at low on the face with high spin versus somebody that's striking at high on the face with low spin, like the overall carry and distance total, the the threshold between the two is going to be a, a pretty large delta. So the overachiever is going to be more in that category that misses 
you know, if you're looking at the face in quadrants, slightly high toe versus the underachiever that is going to be striking it low heel. So if you're introducing the club at the same 100 miles an hour, that high toe striker is going to see closer to that 150 miles an hour ball speed, whereas that low heel striker might see something in the neighborhood of 141, 142. And then that's presuming the face is square. So there's all kinds of different variables that go into it in addition to strike location on the face and then also how these different products respond to those strike locations. Well said. Well Um, said. Before we jump to the PXG, uh, you know, again, this is a Max product. So everybody that's playing a G430 Max is is obviously wondering like how does this driver compare do i need to upgrade to the 10k um if you look at like the distance decrease across all three lofts i mean they were really i mean almost identical i think the 10k the distance loss was like eight yards and that was comparing like geometric center to the eight other the other eight miss hit locations versus like eight point seven for the G four thirty max. So they're, they're very close again, as, as we like to say within the noise. But it, it really just comes down to it's it's a more consistent driver than the than the max, and that's going to come down to spin and just the, you know some of those other areas on the face. I mean, if you look at like the, I mean just look at like the high tone numbers, the, the nine degree max 10 K only lost 4.5 yards on toe strikes. Um, that's, that's a really, that's a really impressive number, but then you're going, well, where does it, you know, where is it falling short? And it's really not because it's also really impressive when it comes to the heel strikes as well. And the, the, you know, for example, like low heel was a drop off of just seven yards. So it's just, it's a really stable product and that's what you're getting. It's, it's more consistent. It's still forgiving, but it's just tightening a lot of those, you know, launch and spin characteristics across the entire face. And, and that's, again, if you're somebody who doesn't hit it out of the middle, that's what these 10 K drivers do is they just try to normalize a lot of those misses and make them, make them more playable. So one little tech nerd uh, tidbit about the the 10K and also the QI10 Max. We had kind of talked about this uh, offline just when we were doing some testing with it. The the conforming uh, properties of those drivers is kind of an interesting topic we we kind of go off on tangents with the the lead tape chronicles and you know people that like to tinker and doctor you know you can actually make your driver non-conforming by adding lead tape or altering the head weight of the driver in those 10k products so the the g430 and also the uh the qi10 max if you get into that 10k you are maxed out head weight is what it is so that's something to keep in mind if you start to tinker with these heads is if you're playing anything competitive or if you are playing any sanctioned events and you're somebody that likes to throw some lead tape on there or use a little tour sauce in the hot melt form uh, that is a big no-no with these guys now good news for the club builders out there and the tinkerers at home Uh, The USGA does not consider 
the shaft as the same part of the head. So if you're looking for swing weight and essentially swing weight only, you can use tip weights uh, if you are trying to get to a desired swing weight. But as far as any type of addition of discretionary weight on those heads, maxed out, don't do it, non-conforming. And uh, yeah, looking for uh, looking for some bad news in a in a sanctioned event. But if you're a weekend warrior and wanna wanna go down the lead tape chronicles, I mean, let's go ahead and max that thing out. Get it up to 11, 12k. Why not? I'm waiting for some dude to post a picture of like a a 10k tailor made, just completely loaded up with lead tape. <laughs> yes, I don't care. Oh, I'm just curious. I know it's we're off. Forty-four and a half line, inches, yeah. and then twenty grams of lead tape just caked around the perimeter of that thing. Let's go. I want to see this. I want to see the tailor-made sixty thousand frames per second video of the golf ball being hit by a driver just caked in lead tape at forty-three inches, and that thing just just stabilized like a like a rocket hitting a building. Just okay, not moving. It's gonna <laughs> keep going. That's it. All right, we've set. We've All set right, the sorry, bar. Gene. We we here we go. I want to we'll see the video the come in. Hey, uh, I'll go back up. on mute. I'll I'll sit back in my corner. All right, that that that's a real. I'm I'm totally glad. I'm glad that we brought that up. RBS that question at the like the big TaylorMade summit that we went to, and I loved it. He was the only guy there who was asking the hard hitting questions. Everybody else is like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, why don't I think about that? RB's like googling it. It was cool. I I did the same thing at Ping. And I, I got a look kind of like, what, why, why would you ask that? I'm like, yeah. um, cause, cause we look was shut up. We'll talk to you later. You're sicko. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet peasant speak when spoken yeah. to. <laughs> all right. Let's all right. PXG gene. We go with PXG. Ping? Okay. All right. We are done with ping. So PXG, as we talked about in the top, some of the lowest launching and definitely the lowest spinning. Uh, the Black Ops. Give was us some low numbers launch- there, please. Okay. Some All right. Lowest, so lowest just to give in relation to the like pack. Yeah. So just to give you some numbers, like the eight, nine, and ten point five in the Black Ops were nine and a half, ten, and ten point six. The tour, same ones, seven, two, eight, eight, and nine, seven. And, and just for, uh, like comparative purposes, let's just take the LS, which was, you know, fairly low launching. It was eight, eight, nine, five, and eleven, eight. So it's, it's ten, five, um, in the LS was almost three degrees higher than the Black Ops tour just to give you, you know, a comparison. And the LS spun at 3000, which was a low spin rate for the 105. The 105 Black Ops Tour spun at 2355. So, these were these are rocket ships. These are low launching, low spinning rocket ships. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Normally when you have low launching, low spinning rocket ships, you get big drop-offs in distance. You really, they're usually not very forgiving. That was not the case with these drivers. Um, All of the drivers were under, um, uh, uh, under 10 yards as far as total drop-off. But here's where it was really interesting. Almost all of the drivers 
had less than 10 yards of dispersion, sometimes less than seven and a half. And we saw one driver, the Black Ops Tour, eight degree, had 4.6 yards of dispersion. The 10.5 Black Ops had seven yards of dispersion. So these drivers, while they are low launching and low spinning, they actually are medium to strong forgiveness and they're straight. So once again, if you can generate the club head speed, you can get a forgiving product that is going to go a mile and it's going to go a mile straight. So they, um, and one of the reasons that I love to highlight this, and this is why I'm so excited about this year, is their product line totally different than everybody else's product line. So if, if you spin too much or you launch too high, Go take a look, and and you've got some club head speed, and you want something that's that's accurate um, from a dispersion standpoint and forgiving. You definitely want to take a look at um, either the Black Ops or the Black Ops Tour, and it's it's kind of like how much of a golfer are you? You know, if you're if you're that golfer, think you are, try the Tour. If you're not, try the Black Ops. But either way, you better be like RB and uh, bring some uh, bring some clubhead speed to the party because um, you're 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 going to need it to get these things in the air. But if you can, they're they're going to go a long way. So the and Gene mentioned it, just the the really small dispersion across most of the lofts. I think, you know, and we I don't want to talk too much about the the tech with these drivers because if you want to learn more about that, go to golf.com. We've done all the write-ups on them or or go to the PXG's website in this case. But I think as as you see these improvements in dispersion and and the improvements in off-center forgiveness, I think this just further confirms that that PXG switch, at least with the Black Ops, from from the the T four twelve Titanium to the new the new AMF. I, I mean, it's paying off in a big way. So you know, these drivers are more expensive, and I think people were like, "Oh, here we go again, PXG jacking their prices around." They were, you know, one of the cheapest. Now they're going back to being one of the more expensive. You get what you pay for. I've said that before on this podcast, but in this case, you really do. You get what you pay for. These drivers are are really solid, and you're seeing it not only, again, not only in the off-center numbers, but the, the dispersion numbers as well. I know, by the way, RB tested them, so I'm pretty sure he could uh, attest to that. This is, this is the perfect example, and I've already said it many times before, getting fit and not just ordering to your spec. And the reason I say that is because if I use PXG as my example, the example that I can give right now at this moment in time, when it came to the Gen 6, I used their lowest lofted driver head. And I used the lowest lofted driver head to achieve the spin numbers and launch that that worked best for me. When I moved into the the Black Ops and I used I, I tested both, Tour 1 was the better fit for me. I moved up a full almost two degrees in loft in the club head. And I still achieved almost the exact same spin numbers. So just when we talk about why it is so important, and look, when people ask, sometimes they're like, if I get last year's driver and I get this year's, and I, I get fit for last year's driver and I want to save some money, I buy last year's driver instead. There are many cases where that is a pretty good example and you can generally do a, a, a fairly decent job of finding something where you're going to save a little bit of money and find a lot of performance. If you were to 
be fit into the lowest lofted driver of the, the Gen 6 and then go to the low lofted driver of the Tour 1, you might find, holy crap, I can't get this thing in the air. So it's, it's just one of those instances to keep in mind when we talk about differentiation among models year to year, why this is so important. PXG is not the only one. TaylorMade is another example with their Max Head versus the Max 10K. There's just all of these variations of these, these designs and the differentiation and how the companies have done that, where in many in some cases, it's okay to go back and you know save some money and do that. But in other cases, it is very, very important to go through the fitting process because at the end of the day, you're going to find something where you might be shocked at the specs that you end up with. But the numbers, as they say, ball don't lie. Numbers don't lie. TrackMan doesn't lie. Just gives you the information and you can do with it what you want. And in most cases, when you work with a fitter and you get those end results, you're focused on performance and not the loft on the bottom of the clubhead. There we go. All right. Ready, ready, ready for the final. Yeah. Saving in this case, I feel like saving the best for last. In, in some it, ways, it, 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 it's up there. So you know, we've we've talked about on this pod. It's um, it's we've talked about the 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 history of TaylorMade. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to watch them for now thirty four years, and um, they've always innovated. And they've always pushed the envelope, and whether it was weights, whether it was bubble shafts. They've, they've, they've never rested on their laurels. They've always believed in, um, kind of, you know, kind of like Apple, they just believe in redesign sometimes, you know, not, not continuing legacy, but just totally go in a different direction. And they did that, uh, two cycles ago with carbon and they went away from titanium and went to carbon. It was a really bold move, really risky move. Um, yielded kind of mixed results, uh, had some performance characteristics that were admirable, but also didn't quite stick the landing in a lot of respects. And, um, there were, there were some challenges. There were some challenges from a durability standpoint. There were some challenges from a performance standpoint. There were some challenges from a consistency standpoint. They were, um, they were creating a whole new category of clubs and doing so in a very, very competitive environment. And so we had the stealth and the stealth two, which, uh, and we've talked about, they had their attributes, but overall, um, nothing earth shattering and some inconsistencies along the way. Uh, I can say without a doubt, that that has changed dramatically with the QI 10 series and the QI 10 has brought TaylorMade back to the fore as far as being an industry leader. Um, their technology, uh, was exceptional in one specific area that I'm going to start with, and that's drop-off and distance. They had some of the best drop-off and distance, especially in relation to their Max and QI10 products of all of the products. Uh, Maybe some of ever the, in the history of in the history of of our. I mean, and we haven't been doing this for for you know decades, but in the years that we've done robot testing, 
probably the best we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It was it 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 was really good. It also um there so once again, remember we test center toe and heel, which laterally are kind of in the middle, upper center toe and heel and lower. So let's just think of the the club face is kind of quadrants, mid, high, and low. As their upper performance, if you buy a QI10, tee it high and let it fly because their drop off in distance, uh, some in some cases, they're um, like the QI10, for example, high center, it was actually 2.7 yards longer on high center than what it was. What do you attribute that to? Uh, simply optimizing launch and spin. So even though you had a slight decrease in ball velocity, your launch and spin characteristics were such that um, you had a longer overall distance. Uh, and we do see that, but it's it's tough to do. But what's really interesting was across the board, their, um, their upper third quadrant were uh exceptional and as i talked about in the beginning the top six half inch high three-quarter inch toe drop-offs were all tailor-mades and all of them were uh, had a positive um number meaning that they didn't lose any distance when you hit them up there which is just amazing and it is uh and and once again normally when you do that you go, okay, great, but you're really going to take a beating when you go low. Not necessarily the case. I mean, they had decent numbers low, but they weren't, uh, you know, some of the numbers that, that we've seen low have been, you know, 15, 20, 25 yards, and their numbers were in the, you know, usually like 10 to 16 range low. So, you weren't getting much of a penalty low, but you were definitely getting a, um, uh, a, a an exceptional advantage hitting high. They also were uh, very, very straight products as well. We didn't have, um, they were just consistent. They weren't the straightest, but they definitely were some of the most forgiving. But that straightness combined with forgiveness really creates a solid, solid family between the QI10, QI10 LS, and the uh, Max. The one thing that I will say about the line overall that we saw in all of the products is they're a little bit more on the lower launching side and a little bit more on the lower spinning side. So in comparison, for example, let's just take the Max uh, 10.5, uh, AI Smoke Max, it was 12.4, and the um, QI10 Max was 9.9. So, you know, just to give you an idea, and the um, uh, G430 Max was 11.9. So everything was a little bit on the lower side from a launch and spin uh, perspective, but incredibly forgiving and also pretty straight. So, um a, a a real uh a a real kind of really good coverage of the overall uh you know characteristics if you if you draw the ball you might want to look at the max but you know even that 
there's a lot of tour players looking at the Max because they like the uh, they like the low boring and low spinning characteristics. If you really want low spin, the LS uh, was right there with like the Black Ops. It wasn't as low as the Black Ops Tour, but it was really really close. It was, I would say, next to the Black Ops. Um, and the Black Ops Tour probably came in third. So it was one of the lowest spinning uh, products. And the QI-10, uh, kind of lower launch and low to mid spin. So um, really, really solid across the board from a forgiveness standpoint, a directional standpoint, and kind of a boring trajectory. Those That seemed to be the theme for, um, for that family for 2024. Yeah, I think if you if you go back to last year with TaylorMade, um, you know the elephant in the room is is the face construction and the durability as it pertains to the durability. You know, yeah. I heard from a lot. Of, I heard from a lot of golfers last year, and I'm Chris. I'm wondering if you if you heard the same. Um, heard from a lot of golfers last year that said that they were going through. Some of them were going through two, three, um, stealth two heads just because they were having issues with, with, with the face caving in on those drivers. And, uh, you know, some people were wondering if TaylorMade was going to backtrack and go back to titanium because like this, this face, there's what's going on with it. Why, why can't, why can't it just be durable enough for me to just have one driver? And, if you look at what they've done with this driver, they did make some improvements around the face to, to help with that overall durability. But man, if you want to, if you want to see uh, an OEM just like step up and say, I mean, you can't really, you can't really complain about this driver. Like in the years past, people were, you know, people were talking about the carbon face. This this driver was, in in my opinion, and we'll get to kind of which drivers impress us the most because I am curious to to hear from the crew. But these these drivers were just they they blew me away when I saw the numbers and the one in particular. And this is what I love about about what we did this year. Where we tested all lofts. If you and I'm just looking at like the the ten and a half degree QI ten max, the the average distance loss carry distance loss on the 10 and a half degree head was 7.9 yards. Pretty good. But if you go to still at 95 using our, our testing protocol, it goes to 3.5 yards. And that's, that's when you start to get into that unicorn number. Because as I mentioned, the LTDX that we've been raving about for years, the, the average, the delta there was 3.4. So it's basically, it, it I mean, Point one, that's the difference. It's right there as being that unicorn driver this year, that QI-10 max in the 12 degrees. And oh, by the way, it also, from a dispersion standpoint, was at 12 yards. So it's it's really, it's got a tighter dispersion and it's great all over the face. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, Gene, did we even talk about on, on high center on that 12 degree head? Um, I mean, you gained you gained five yards. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it wasn't, it, it wasn't just that it was, uh, it was the same thing on the max you yeah. gain five yards, uh, and, yeah. and uh, on, on the 10, five. And so, um, and on the nine, you gain 
0.1 yard and on the uh, 10.5 LS you gained 3.2 yards. So it yeah. was what what was what was interesting and what was interesting about TaylorMade for this product cycle is they definitely had a bias towards the upper third of the club face, but you weren't really sacrificing much on the lower third of the club face. So that's where I think they finally figured it out how to maximize the carbon. You, you raise a really good point, and it remains to be seen from a durability standpoint. I'm I'm guessing that you know they've done some pretty robust testing to make sure that you know they're not returning the product. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely they're they're definitely worth putting in the mix and trying because they have a lot of amazing attributes this year. And once again, comparing those to the stealth, but even the stealth two, it, it, it was a quantum leap difference. They, it's not even they, a fair fight this year. No, I, I feel no, like, um, no. I mean, I, I was just looking at the, the LS product compared to the plus last year mm -hmm. and just looking at middle and high toe, middle and high toe distance loss on the stealth two plus was 12 yards an average of 12 yards on those two locations. With the QI 10 LS, same 10 and a half degree loft, it gained three and a half yards. So <laughs> I think I think Taylor made, made like you as you said, made some quantum leaps this year. I mean, Chris, have you I mean, what's what's been your experience so far with the QI 10 stuff? I mean, we, we're talking about it and I mean basically gushing about it, but have you been seeing something similar in, in your testing experiences with the people that have been coming through to to try out the new QI 10? I mean, that's that's one thing that I do want to address is the the durability issue. We uh, we saw a number of drivers in the the Stealth Stealth Two family that had some some bondage and breakage issues, and I mean that was a question that was that was brought up in our PK session with TaylorMade was you know what have you guys done to address this? Because I mean, talking about the elephant in the room, and I mean the biggest thing that they did was they increased the the surface area for the bonds they softened up the chassis and if you look uh, side by side at a stealth 2 and now qi10 the amount of bonding material around the face and you can see that everything has been you know, essentially increased and from a performance perspective I mean, it was a huge leap in performance, consistency, and just downrange dispersion uh, between what I saw with Stealth 2 products, Stealth 2 Plus, and the HD, and then now incorporating QI10 Max, QI10 uh, Core Head, and then also the LS. And, I mean, the, the separation of the models is significantly bigger so now you have three definitively different heads that you can work with a variety of different player demographics with and i mean as far as most improved it's tailor-made hands down and uh, i've got to give a, a shout out to my my buddy rick phillips who uh is a tailor-made rep over kind of in the the midwest area and he he called me early on and he goes Hey, have you had a chance to hit this? What are your thoughts? Wanted to pick my brain on it, and I, uh, I was telling him, man, this is, this is way better. You guys are gonna have a good year, and he was just kind of love hearing that. 
uh, kind of reaction. So now that uh, that Taylor made and the boys are getting a, a shout out on the pod and the the performance is there from Robot to back it up. I mean, it's I'm gonna echo what I said to him months ago. It's it's going to be a good year for TaylorMade. Yeah, it most definitely is, and and I think again, I think there's there's great products for every manufacturer, but as we said, the the company I would feel like, and you guys, do you agree? Made the biggest quantum leap this year, TaylorMade. Oh, without a doubt. Well, yeah, it's it's not even close. Yeah, I, I I would say I would say uh, second would be Cobra. Because Cobra really, yes, really agree. bounced yep. bounced back pretty, yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. Cobra had one down year. Taylor yeah. made pioneered a new technology, and the fact that they stuck with it and figured out how to make that new technology that point. nobody else is doing, yeah, work fair, fair and point. work to fair a high point. level. Yeah. I mean, I'm giving it to them. Yeah, 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 I yeah. I, I I agree. I think they win. I just you know just as far as. Like year to year, I think to your point, Chris, especially um, when you look at um, uh, when you look at, you know, uh, the history of TaylorMade, you can definitely, you know, say that they um, they they've had the biggest bounce back without a doubt. Yeah. You know what it makes me think of? And I, maybe it's because I've been watching like the drive to survive and like the way that cars have upgrades during the season is that some companies, they like to progress and they do, they do things like one after the other, after the other. And that's like, that's great. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And like, we do see this progression of technology, but there is still this like consistent desire to kind of stick to like what they know. Whereas I feel like Taylor made in some cases are like, one of those F1 teams is like, listen, guys, screw it. We're throwing on this upgrade and we're going to see what happens, okay? And in most cases, and in a lot of cases, there's like, there's the there's the step and then there's the kind of like, okay, we got to figure this out again. And then there's this big step. And I think this is one of those, those instances where they've brought all of these different things together and they've made that step. And it's, it's actually from, a, from an engineering, from a consumer perspective, it doesn't mean stuff that before it was bad they're still making steps they're still making progress what the difference is is that now they've gotten to this point it's like okay we're bringing these things together we got one heck of a fast car maybe i'm just excited for the drive newest drive to survive series no, but either you, way you, you, that's how i look at it I, I and i love that you say that you know what i think about as you're as you're talking about this rb is this is a a great way for tomo to go out you know tomo bystead for, and a lot of people are like, who the heck is that? So to, Tomo oversees the the now known as the Carbonwood division at TaylorMade. And um, Little Birdie told me that Tomo is stepping away from his role at TaylorMade and will be assuming a role over in Japan with Adidas. So they're gonna, whoever takes on that role at TaylorMade is gonna have some massive shoes to fill. But I, I love the fact that in year three, as Tomo, this, is, this was kind of his, his last one with, with TaylorMade before he steps away, that he nailed it. Like QI10 is great. And we, we've talked a lot about it compared, in, you know, compared to the other OEMs that we've discussed. But again, they made such a massive leap this year that you have to, you have to give them their due. 100%. 
Anyway. I 100% would agree with that. Yeah. All right. So to wrap a bow on robotic driver insights, that was a lot of fun, guys. And we're going to do it again with with the, the fairways and the irons. If you had to go through all the products that we talked about and pick one in particular that you want to say is, it, and I, I, we're not going to ever, ever say the best because the, the same, that one club's not going to work for everybody, but what's the one that impressed you the most? What's the one particular product? Oh, I absolutely hate this question. It, I mean, man, you're the driver. How do you pick one when all of them Come are on, good? Just pick one. I, I, I'm, put, I'm putting everybody on the spot. You got you to pick one. Oh, what's, 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 the one so, what's the one that impressed you the most? I'm so torn between Triple Diamond and the QI-10 core head. And if, if I absolutely had to pick one right now, the... The triple diamond just from a quantity of sales perspective for true spec right now has the slightest edge but both of them are so good man yeah it's, uh, that was actually i was thinking about going that direction which means that i'm gonna pivot um uncle gene <laughs> of course which, which of course one which one would you say i'm gonna let rb go i'll finish last <laughs> If I had to say, it'd be the PX Obra. <laughs> PX Obra. I love it. Oh, also known this as is, this is why we do this podcast late at night, because we get we get some dad jokes in there. I <laughs> It's tough, but picking, picking pick one, one is very hard. Because as you know, look, know, it's full it's full disclosure. Like I've I've hit the Black Ops tour. I was fit for the Black Ops tour. That thing is awesome. I have not in hand gotten like a demo to test yet but i know it's i know it's literally probably somewhere in some plane somewhere on its way here to test the aerojet and i've hit, i've hit it i've hit it outside i've tested it um it was fantastic um i just i just know that i think for someone like myself and this is you know i'm using my own experience here if you are one of those players that desires low spin the the black ops tour is very very hard to ignore um uh, as a, as a consumer product, speed. if I if I had if I had to pick yeah. one if I had to pick one consumer product that I think most golfers, if you were going to go and pick something out off the, off the rack and say, "Man, I think this is going to be a really good driver," I really do think that it is the the Cobra, the Cobra Aerojet or sorry, Cobra Dark Speed, the Dark Speed. <laughs> I, I still stuck in the, the Aero, There's too Aerojet many world. names. It's There's too, too many it's names. Too, it's, it's a There's late way man. too many names. Hey, we, gotta, we gotta be it kind. Is, it is he's the dark. On, I do think the, he's on East Coast time too. It's clo- it's Dude, coming in say, on midnight for them, midnight and it's Canada. Guys, yeah. I mean, you know, Canada. Maybe it's they cold. don't even know about the dark speed yet. <laughs> Who knows? But I do think <laughs> say, and that's. I mean, so again, adjustable weight, and here's the deal: adjustable like weighting, rate. adjustable hosel, and there is a lot of stuff that we've seen from the performance, the robot insights. To me, that's where I think a lot of golfers are really going to find that performance advantage. You know, one B. You need low, low spin. It's very hard to ignore that that PXG Tour one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go against what I said. But you got to just pick one, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lump in the 10K products this year. You know, this this is a big story as as manufacturers started to trot out the the marketing speak around the new drivers. This magical 10K number, 10K MOI. 
and like sometimes these these you know stories fall flat and other times they actually live up to the hype and i think this is one of those times where the 10k story lives up to the hype if you look at the in particular the g430 max 10k and taylormates qi10 max those drivers were were really special during robotic testing and i think that they are worth the price that people are going to have to pay for them and that's ultimately what everybody wants to know is is it really worth it and i think based on the numbers that we saw they are super stable products they are going to allow you if you again if you're somebody who's just inconsistent with your contact it's going to allow you to to have more fun out on the golf course so i do i think that while this is the year of the driver i think this is the year of the 10k driver and it lives up to the hype and it's worth the money so there you go so i will you know my uh the thing that impressed me the most, and, and you know, once again, there are, uh, there are a wealth of choices here, but the, the one that was exceptional to me was the AI Smoke Max. It was so high launching in comparison to everything else and so low spinning that I think it's really, it's going to be an interesting club, uh, you know, back to kind of what Chris was talking about, especially you know, those players that have negative angles attack and hit down on the ball and really need to get the ball up and reduce spin. I think you're going to see um, some exceptional performance out of it. Uh, you know, and it's it, it had lower spin numbers or equal to the triple diamond. And, you know, the triple diamond was really a forgiving. It, it would be a 1B for me, but the AI Smoke Max is, is the one that really just kind of caught my eye from an overall um, uh, performance standpoint. You know, when we were getting ready to start this episode, I was terrified that we were going to go three hours talking about drivers and just ramble on and on. And somehow, some way we figured out a way to keep it to 90 minutes. That is, that is amazing. This, this Again, this episode was packed with insights. Big thanks to Gene for, for leading the charge. But this, this was one of my favorite episodes. And again, if you're getting ready to start making purchasing decisions, go back and listen to this pod. There's just so much in there. And if you have any questions, make sure that you, I would, you know, typically I say like, shoot me a DM, shoot us an email, but you know what, instead, why don't you call and leave us a voicemail on the fully equipped hotline? The phone number is 602-935-4974. Again, that's 602 602- Nine three five four nine seven four. If you have any questions on these drivers, we're going to get to them in upcoming pods. Um, I think next week. Do we, what do we want to say? Do we want to go right back into it and do fairways and irons next week, boys? We got to know how AK plays first, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We might do it next week. We might do it the week after that. Um, I'll be at Bay Hill next week, so. Um, Maybe we do. Maybe well, we'll find it. We'll fi- we'll figure it out. But anyway, leave us a voicemail if you have any questions on the new drivers, and we will we'll answer them in a forthcoming episode. Uh, with that, let's wrap episode two hundred and thirty of Fully Equipped. As always, if you want more gear goodness from us, check us out on our social channels. We are at Fully Equipped Golf on our new YouTube page and on the Instagram, and we are at Fully Underscore Equipped on Twitter because I will never call it X. Thanks as always for listening especially listening to us ramble about drivers for 90 minutes.
We'll see you next week. 